throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. It's Powerful Nonsense time. Welcome back. It's time to get some nonsense that's, that's quite powerful in your, in your ears. Uh, are, you, are you making these episodes into like a um, sales pitch for yourself? Like, are you hoping <laughs> that this cursing director that's accidentally come across the... That's my Batman voice. <laughs> I don't know, you decide. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you decide. <laughs> Does he deserve the gig? Powerful nonsense coming to earphones near you. Well, we do need a new intro, so we are going to be working on that. Yeah. Whether, we, whether we hire Wayne or not, is it? <laughs> Using my Batman voice. Uh-huh. We'll see. Where are they? Wayne, you just blew people's ears out. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> so. Yes. To the point of, of to today's episode. This episode has nothing to do with Batman. Uh-huh. has nothing to do with any crazy silly voices. Yeah. None. No. Whatsoever. But what it is about is how to become scarce to increase your value. Yes. That is what we'll be talking about. And I kind of, um, I didn't make the, I mean, the, the points in here are not mine. I'm not going to say, I was the one to come up with this. This is my knowledge and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one. But actually, I, um, again, I spoke about it in the previous episode. I've been listening to Seth Godin's new course on Udemy. It's for freelancers, but I think it applies to a lot of people. And he talks about the importance of becoming scarce in what you do so that people it increases your demand and people want to actually work with you and so we're going to go through um, six points in here which we think can create scarcity for whatever you're doing for your product for your service and how you could leverage them to best effect yes so yes should we um kick off with the first one no let's not let's keep them waiting suspense (laughs) I'm I'm feeling a little bit mischievous I'm not gonna lie um so first of all Let's talk expertise. Wayne, are you going to do these funny voices throughout today? I, I don't know what's going on. I think you need to calm down. Calm down. Relax yourself. All right. Okay. It's over to you then. I'm going to go <laughs> chill out. See you later. See you later. So today we'll be talking about expertise. And in terms of expertise, Wayne, I need you back. I'm missing you already. <laughs> you lasted all of five seconds. I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We will actually get started. So, expertise. Expertise, I think, is um, obviously that's what you know. And and one thing we say a lot of the time is that we've all gone through the system where we've all been trained to kind of know what expertise we all should have. So we've all gone through the school system, we've all gone to college, and then we've kind of tried to specialise in our expertise by getting a degree in whatever we want or whether or not you do have a degree. And um, what Seth Godin says in his course is that expertise is kind of like a saturated market nowadays because, mm-hmm. like you say, if everybody's going to university doing a particular course, lawyer or um, media production or whatever they're doing, that means that every year that course is pumping out loads of people who have the same expertise as everybody else. And so what he's saying there is that if you're going to use expertise as a way of becoming scarce, you need to make sure that you're taking it to that extra level, that extra degree. You're becoming super specialised in what you know. That means not just doing the course, not just doing the things that everybody else is doing who wants that expertise, but actually 
how can you maybe even niche down on that thing in your degree? How can you use your degree to find a small area that you can sort of become known for being the best at that? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, let's face it, if uh, you are in need of a, let's go cliche, plumber. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in need of a plumber and there's about a hundred plumbers within two miles of you it's like as the plumber how on earth do you get people to to pick you out of the I mean you could be sneaky and maybe have your business begin with the letter A so you're the first one that appears in the phone book but who uses a phone book these days no one great example that used to be a tactic that people used <laughs> put themselves in the letter A they're the first one in the phone book but everybody goes to Google now they're going to go plumber. Very vague. And then loads of people are going to show up. And so it's, the point is, there's so many people in every single market now that it's just crazy. And I think if you go back and listen to the Purple Cow episode that we did, also based off Seth Godin's uh, work, um, you'll kind of understand a little bit more about what we're trying to say on that. At the end of the day, you've got to stand out. And you're not going to stand out by going, I'm an expert in this, because everybody can go, I'm an expert in this. Pretty much. Yeah, I think you just have to sort of nail it down. So if you are the plumber, maybe there's a certain bend in the pipe that you know better. You bend expert. Yeah, you're a U bend expert. Like you are the guy that knows everything about U bends. The ones to the one, the best one to get. The one that's going to save you money. The one, whatever it is, you've kind of niched down. You're taking your expertise to another level. And now, when it comes to someone looking for a plumber who knows about U bends, you're the person that comes up. And I think I know that's a funny example, but it's true expertise is a saturated market at the moment so you need to know how to take that expertise to the next level so that you can become scarce so that if, when someone needs that particular thing that you know you you are the guy or girl to go to mm-hmm. cool yes so the next point is knowledge mm-hmm. knowledge is also something that we have far too much of if that's the right way of putting it I don't think it's about having too much of it I think it's just easily it's, accessible yeah it's the availability of knowledge you want to say anything more? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought you were going on with the point there. No, the point the point is is that there's so much knowledge out there. I mean, we can get anything. We can get answers at the touch of a button now, pretty much. I mean, you all know when you've been watching a TV show and you're like, I've seen that. I've done something else. It's like, what have I seen him in? So you go IMDb, you type in the TV show, you find their headshot, and you go, oh yeah, oh they've been in this, 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 and this, right? Whereas you know that could have been knowledge that people would have paid for years ago, for example, casting directors, as an example. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, who was that guy? Who's his agent? You can find all that stuff out. Um, so there's no value in being the provider of that knowledge because everybody's got the knowledge, which is why I think we've seen a build up in um, the delivery of free knowledge from from businesses and entrepreneurs I think a little bit because the knowledge itself doesn't really have the value Gary Vaynerchuk says ideas are worth shit it's the execution that's important and I think trying to build up a base on knowledge and leveraging or your knowledge again if expertise itself is saturated then really the knowledge as well is a saturated market just based on the fact that so many people have the expertise before you even consider the fact that you can now get it all on the internet for free. Um, and so I think that's also why we're seeing a shift in the fact of, um, you know, it's not about competition anymore, it's about collaboration, because, again, the knowledge is not what's important. It's the execution of that knowledge that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Like you say there, I mean, you could explain that back to, like, a personal trainer. Nowadays, if you know you want to get fit, 
you know, okay, I can go online and search how to get the best abs and you can see the article tells you exactly what to do. That's available, but that's not the thing that's going to kick you into gear. And like you say there, it's actually the delivery of that knowledge. If, if there's a personal trainer who's known for it and kind of knows how to work with that client, get them in great shape, that's the bit that people are now paying for. They're not paying for uh, knowing that you know what you're doing. They expect you know what you're doing, but you're, you're chosen based on the fact that you execute and you really do deliver. And that's what I mean. You can't use knowledge and expertise initially as ways to become scarce because, like we say, knowledge is abundant and expertise is saturated. And unless you kind of niche down on them or you learn to deliver that knowledge in a way that no one else can, then it's not a good place to be playing. No, no, it's not. Cool. The next one, um, I think Seth Godin says himself, is is a big, big new one. Well, not a new one. It's a bit of a buzzword for yeah. Seth Godin, isn't it? Yeah, um, is connections. And really, I think this is where the most value can be provided right now. I think because there's so much competition in every single market, um, the connections that you have and can provide to other people, I think is so, so valuable. In fact... I myself recently spent some money to uh, make connections with um, a fairly influential casting director um, in my business. And, um, yeah, I was willing to pay pay for that, to get in the room with them, to be able to chat and have ca- casual conversation. I mean, yeah, you've got to be careful on, you know, because you can spend millions and millions and millions of pounds just trying to spend money on trying to get into into people's worlds or whatever but there's clearly value there I mean when that competition is so intense the expertise is there the knowledge is there everybody's got that same information you've got to stand out from the crowd and although we are in a world where gatekeepers are slowly falling away they're not gone entirely and also partnerships with other businesses you know um tech companies all the time like facebook mark zuckerberg as an example he says facebook buys companies for the people so they'll spend millions sometimes billions of pounds or dollars or whatever to buy a tech company that's okay yes it's got technology that they might want to use but they're not buying it for the technology they're buying it for the connections that owning that will make and bringing that into their team which then boosts their expertise it boosts their knowledge and it just generally increases their value Good, I think you kind of wrapped that point up, to be honest. That was great. Thanks. Um, The next one is all about reputation, and I think this is something that's quite scarce nowadays. Like, a lot of the time, it's like, well, Seth Godin puts it in this way, like, what does the world say about you? And that's the thing, you can't buy that. You can't, I mean, you can't learn yourself to, I mean, yeah, you can't educate in a way that people will then say certain things about you. It's something that you build through those connections that Wayne spoke about, but it's also something that you build up over time. It's like, whether whatever service it is that you provide what are people saying why are people choosing you and he, he sort of says that this is again it's one of those powerful ones where if you've got the connections who then can express the reputation that you build up for yourself then you're going to become super scarce because these connections are great people and then they're, they're you've got a reputation with those great people who are then going to forward you on to other people who can use your services and i think nowadays we can see that when people buy a product online the first thing they go is they go and look at the reviews, they look mm-hmm. at what other people are saying about it. And the, again, that goes back to connections. People want to know that people like me like things like this. And so it's important to understand that that's a place where you can increase your scarcity. If some of the best people out there are saying really great things about you, suddenly your reputation takes off and you become scarce because now there's a huge demand on you 
and and that's it that's where you increase your value massively mm-hmm. and uh, this always brings me back to um uh, a guy that's really been very helpful to me in my entrepreneurial career and actually has been kind of brought into the fold a little bit with, with the podcast actually um, and he always told me about the bloody good game I've told you about this before haven't I Jim mm-hmm. bloody good game um, and it's almost like a <laughs> it's a it's a game that people agree on uh, to play with each other and it's essentially uh, bigging up someone else it's like um, so for example if somebody's after video editing or video production um, and me and Jem have agreed to play this game it's like if I know someone that's after that after what he does I go oh well then you need to use this guy because he's bloody good and it's that sort of emphasis on bloody good mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah he's, yeah, he's pretty good Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but that reputation obviously has to be backed up and obviously yeah. you've built that connection with me or you built that per- that connection with that person that you genuinely believe is bloody it's not like a oh truth. yeah yeah no it's not but I'm, I mean obviously you're not going to um, endorse someone that's crap because then that damages your reputation yeah but you might get a couple of people who uh, think that they say okay if you sound bloody good and I say you're bloody good then maybe we can <laughs> right. <laughs> right but if but if you don't if you <laughs> even if you do Let's say, I mean, we're talking moral compass here now, but if you do agree to play that game and that person's not bloody good, then you're an idiot if you do it. (laughs) It's going to knock your reputation anyway. Right, right. So it's probably not good to agree to do it if... Or even if it's awkward to agree to not agree to do it, which could be the case. (laughs) By all means, agree to do it and then don't. You've got to look after your own reputation, of course. Um, but if it's if it's a completely mutual thing, um, and you do both believe that each other are bloody good, then it's beneficial to both of you. To and it's almost a deal. It's like, well, you're bloody good. I'm bloody good. So let's tell everybody else that we're bloody good. And and so this mutual reputation building happens, and you kind of pull each other up with you. And I think that's incredibly valuable. And the more people you can play the bloody good game with, the quicker people will realise that you're bloody good. Mm-hmm. And I think like tools such as like um, LinkedIn and stuff like that, how you get quite important people to kind of um, endorse you for your skills, or they write a review. And I think that's kind of a way that people can play that bloody good game on their on their profiles, on their online profiles, or mm-hmm. people put like who they've worked with on their websites. And that's another example of sort of leveraging um, your the reputation of other people to benefit yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the next point is tools. Mm-hmm. This again is a um, is a is an interesting one because he talk, um, Seth Godin talks about tools but he also mentions that nowadays a lot of these tools like back in the day if I said look I'm a video production guy um, I own this cat with like a certain camera and it's super expensive and hardly anyone else um, owns it then everyone would be like yes I want to use that guy because he's got a great tool and, but he also says nowadays a lot of these sort of things are prices are dropping so like as you say now anybody can be a video producer anybody can um, be a social media manager if they get buffer hootsuite these easy tools to use and so but there are things out there that not many other people use like i was saying to you wayne like if if there was an acting course you did and and it was like everybody knew that if you've been to this acting school you would have had the acting tools that are going to make you slightly better than other people mm-hmm. and maybe people use that as a way of oh um, yes definitely happens in (laughs) which I kind of think in that sense it might go back to expertise and it might go back to knowledge it's like have you have you kind of got the knowledge of someone that is quite scarce like if an acting school only takes in five people a year Mm -hmm. and they and that's it right well I mean that's the scarcity that right there I mean 
<clears throat> looking at drama schools. Like, everybody wants to get... In fact, no, I'm going to go completely the other way here. And I'm, I'm completely going off course, but this was a... Uh, what, uh, it was a podcast I was listening to a few weeks ago. And they were basically saying that any business that is oversubscribed plays if they need to play scarcity. For example, he was like, there was a restaurant, okay? This restaurant had a queue for around the block, right? And that yet they would never, ever rush anybody through their meal. Mm-hmm. They'd make sure that everybody had the best wine that they wanted, the best food that they wanted. It was all about, we have great service and we've got a queue around the block, but we're not going to rush anyone because we're that damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want everybody to have the best experience they can. So let's not rush people out the door. Uh, you look at um, things like, well, I mean, let's look at um, Apple. Couldn't help myself, right? Oh, God. But let's face it, Apple's computers are, uh, Apple's products in general, are far more expensive than the market standard because they value how good their experience is. And so they're saying, okay, well, if you want good value, you're going to have to pay more for it. We're not, we're not racing to the bottom. We don't want, we don't care about how many you buy. We care about you having, experiencing the best product. And if you want to experience the best product, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for that. And I think you, you know, you look at all the clothing brands, they do exactly the same. The luxury brands may not necessarily do much different to a lot of other companies. In fact, even if you look at baked beans, baked beans are often made in exactly the same factory. Okay, they've got different amounts of salt and different amounts of this and that, but one sticks Heinz on it, one sticks Asda's Smart Price on it, and you pay more for the Heinz. They're pretty much made in exactly the same way, but they're playing the scarcity. They're saying, well, we're worth more, so therefore we're better, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you think someone could apply that to themselves? And obviously, is, is it in the customer service that you deliver as, as, as your own service? Well, I mean, product? it's a is combination it? of all of these things that, that we're going through. I mean, you know... You, Apple as an example you could say okay well we use a manufacturing process that nobody else uses which is why our products are better and yeah to be fair I mean Samsung who actually no I'm not going to go into that because of legal issues <laughs> but um, you know Samsung have been making let's say very similar phones to Apple for a long time but have only just started manufacturing their phones out of aluminium and metal before they were plastic Mm-hmm. which gave Apple a reason to go, well, we can charge more because the materials that we're using are better quality. Um, you know, reputation. The restaurant, as an example, they've got a reputation for great service, great food. They don't need to worry about the people going around the block. Because they'll wait. Because everybody knows how good they are, so mm-hmm. they're always going to have customers. And, and all of these apply, and you can use all of these for different things. Well, that's what Seth Godin says. It's not about saying, okay, I'm... It is like picking and choosing which ones can you focus on so that you become scarce, that you increase your value. Mm -hmm. And we've got one last one on here, which is another one that um, it's valuable and it works. But um, again, Seth Godin says it's probably not the best place to play. And that is basically handiness and how familiar you are. So the example he uses is if you're a photographer based in, say, an area, so you're based in... um, I know, let's just say Chinkford, where I am, and 
you're the only photographer in Chingford that's available, that's good for you because you'll get business from anyone in Chingford who kind of wants to buy a product. But that doesn't mean that you're scarce. It means that you're very location-based. So people mm -hmm. don't come from the US and call you because of what you do, of how spectacular you are, of how, what your reputation is or the kind of tools you use or the connections that you make. You're, you're basing your business off, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm close by, I'm super handy if you need me at any chance. And so in that, if another person comes into Chingford and he's now a photographer as well, you've got competition because you've got no other sort of, none of these other points to sort of leverage to make yourself more scarce or more valuable. Mm -hmm. I think of like uh, the Sainsbury's Local or the Tesco Express, the convenience stores, the, you're paying more for the product. You're paying more because it's literally just around the corner from your house. Mm -hmm. um, so they put a premium on the product because of how handy it is. But you wouldn't, if you were going to do a big shop, let's say you were having guests around and, you know, you wanted to put on a big spread or whatever, you're not likely to go to the convenience store because you want to do a big shop, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you do, that's up to you. But, you know, you're going to be paying a premium for that. And, and it's almost, I was saying before we hit record, that's almost the race to the bottom is... Because the handiness can cover price, it can cover location, it can co can cover, you know, the fact that you can just plug it in and ready to go or whatever. Um, I, I mean, again, I hate to bring them up again because I can't help it, but Apple, you know, with an Apple computer, um, someone phoned me up the other day going... I've got a PC and I can't I can't work out how to set it up. I've got all these wires and things. I'm like, well, you should have bought an Apple computer. You just plug the plug in the back, plug the plug in the wall, turn it on, job done. Um, but, you know, and Apple can charge more for the fact... And, you know, for, for ages, that was almost their tagline. It just works. Don't worry about all the technical stuff. But, you know, price... Being cheap, yes, is going to get you a lot of custom. Is it going to make you more money? Probably not. And are they going to always come back or are they going to look for the guy that's cheaper than you? It's not a good place to sort of hope to be competitive in a way. Mm -hmm. But let's let's talk let's talk about all of these uh, points because I think we've oh, kind yeah, of skimmed nice over a little bit how you can kind of apply the scarcity of these things or or utilize things just to kind of increase your increase your value. So, so do you want to search on expertise first? Of all? Well, I was thinking maybe it's good to give an example of anything like a certain job, and we'll say how we would apply. Ooh, I like that. So then we say, okay, this is how they would apply. Or we can, I mean, you spoke about Apple. We can say exactly how they use. All six of these. Well, let's not let's not bang the apple drum too hard. Okay, so let's go go with something that you think. Okay. Is more. Uh, okay. As an accountant. Okay. What would you use? Which of these would you use? As an accountant, I would probably go for reputation. Well, to be honest, we know which ones I'll definitely use. I would definitely play what Seth Godin says, which is connection and, reputa and reputation mm -hmm. are the key ones out of all of these, and okay. that would be based on my reputation is that. Um, I mean, accountants dare to sort of help you with your taxes to be totally in control to make the job feel like so easy. So mm -hmm. I'd make sure that there's other people who he works with or she works with that are like me who have a great, great time with them. And it makes the hassle. Most people get an accountant because they don't like the hassle. So that's the handiness, right? Um, the handiness, but also the reputation that other people like, like my business are working with this person and they, he, he gets the job done and he makes it like a, a, it's a breath of fresh air. It feels easily done. Like... And also that would be based on the connection, so who mm -hmm. he's connected with to make him look like, okay, he's the guy to go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, because I actually hired my accountant based on recommendation from my dad. 
because um, he'd used him for years, so it's kind of based reputation, on reputation, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, the expertise is completely saturated market. There's loads. But of I think, I think, in terms of an accountant, you already know that they have to have the expertise and the knowledge. Otherwise, right. you, they can't even be saying they're an accountant. So, in the as first accountant, place. you can't really leverage that. No. No. Not really. No. So it has to be on connections, reputation, and I think handiness a little bit as well helps. I think handiness is the whole then, uh, the whole point of an accountant true. though. The reason you get an accountant is because it's handy because I don't have to do it. That's true. But you still want to know that they're good enough to do it and that other people use them in the way that I kind of want to use this person. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But where accountants are struggling, I think, at the moment is because of tools. Because there's a lot of online tools now uh-huh. that are happening that you use one yourself, QuickBooks, uh-huh. which is dropped your accountant fee significantly because most of the work's done mm-hmm. um, but to be honest if then an accountant came along and had a, and said look I can use that tool for you I can go in and do all the stuff you're already doing and I think about how much I spend on it and he mm-hmm. uses my tools has a great rotation and makes it super easy for me maybe I would even outsource that part of it because I still have to touch in on, on bits okay interesting okay um, I'll try. You, th- you throw one out there um Again, to think, to, to be honest, I don't think there's going to be much difference in the other ones. So, if even if we go, what if we go back to that uh, restaurant again? Okay. Well, we've covered. Or the- should we go to? I mean, maybe we say a lot of young people might be listening to this, and we kind of put it out there for maybe graduates as well. Maybe if we say if you're coming out of university and you've got that first rung of the expertise, like what would you do next? Okay. Well, what would you work? Well, obviously, on? you can't you can't leverage your expertise really. Well, I would maybe say, okay, I'm going to take my expertise as I know when I finished my course, I went and did a few other courses after university just to say right, that but, I'm... But let's, 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 let's assume that you've just come out of university. you literally just come out of university. You have a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Without necessarily looking at the, well, you know, I could get more expertise... What can you leverage? The first thing I would do is definitely go for connections. I'd look through my family and friends and say, who might know someone else who who, um, needs my services? So my your dad might know a friend who knows someone who needs that certain skill that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. So I think initially I would go through all your connections. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I think it's just difficult to leverage reputation. Yeah, that's something again you could build up, like we said, with free work and why, when, and why you should do free work. We've done an episode on that. Mm-hmm. Again, another thing that's going to be really important is like how handy already are you? So that goes back to if you do a bit of free work and then they see, wow, this is super handy or super helpful, then they might continue hiring well, you. In fact, you did the same thing, didn't you? Yeah, I did you, the same. You that leveraged, was my... you leveraged price because you essentially worked for free, right? Was yeah, free? very low. Um, yeah, free or very low price initially just so that I can get that sort of initial confidence up with the person and then I can increase my prices. Mm-hmm. Um, tools, again, I don't think that's something you can, again, Seth Godin says, don't rely on tools too yeah. much. It's I've, I've got a camera and I bought a new camera recently and I didn't need to buy a new camera and it hasn't, nobody who I've done work from for after having that camera said, oh, the video looks better, or, oh, that's, you've got, have you got a new camera? No one's mentioned that, so I could have used the old camera. Mm-hmm. So obviously, tools is not a, a great place to try to be competitive. Um, and Particularly now as well. I no. mean, again, there's, there seems to be a race to the bottom in terms of, um, particularly, I mean, in your field with its cameras, like you can get a, a very good camera for about a thousand pounds. Your iPhone does bloody, we've got that, cameras doing 4K. People are making 
adverts using iPhones now. Uh-huh. Like everybody's got a, a yeah a HD camera in their very pocket, um, and and I think this is happening across all sorts of technology. Whether that is more industrial tools or digital tools or whatever, there's a race to the bottom in terms of in terms of price, and so it is very difficult at the moment to leverage leverage on the tools big time. So ultimately, what we're sort of saying is it's really about those connections that you can build, which mm-hmm. um, Seth Godin calls the connection economy, and he's got lots of videos about that. We'll add those in the um, description. But again, and then that reputation, I think those two are probably the most solid foundations now for mm-hmm. what to build on or what to kind of put your put your time and effort into, mm-hmm. because the rest are kind of stuff that should, if you're whatever you're doing, expertise and knowledge is something that constantly is a constant growth, but the bits that are actually going to get you the jobs are probably the connections and the reputations. And if you're playing in the area of tools and handiness, then maybe that's something you've got to consider. Are people only hiring you because you've got the camp, you've got the tools, but and you're super handy? But if someone else comes along, they'll happily mm-hmm. replace you. Yeah, and they say again, it's not to say that you can't leverage on handiness and and um, and tools and things like that. But um, as as Jem just said, it's a lot easier for you to be replaced mm-hmm. if that is the case, because someone could always charge lower than you. They could always be in a better location than you. Um, And so you just have to work out, is it worth the gamble on just leveraging on those aspects? Or could you also leverage on something else as well that then gives you a little bit of an ace in the hole? Yeah, I think that's it. And it's just, as you say, just using them, adding one to the other. All of them, I mean, if you can use all of these in one go, you're going to be super strong. But it's kind of, how can I add, say, the reputation to my handiness or the connection to my tools those sort mm-hmm. of things so you can kind of mix them together so the moral of the story is leverage your scarcity mm-hmm. if there's too much knowledge in the field don't leverage your knowledge if there's too much in terms of convenience in the market don't leverage your convenience as simple as that or kind of use them as a basis and then look at one of the other points and just tap into that one mm-hmm. so kind of it kind of goes with what we say quite a lot, is if you do what 95% of the people do, you're going to end up with the same results as 95% of the people. So be part of that 5%. kind of goes straight back to that. If everybody's trying to be convenient, there's no point trying to be convenient. Go the other way. Go the other way. Don't be convenient. Be valuable. Uh-huh. If somebody, if, if all the whole market's going for cheap, go for expensive, go for luxury. It works for so many businesses all the time. You don't have to compete on price, Good as an example. So if you want to um, connect with us and you want to like us and you want to follow the stuff we're doing, head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash powerfulnonsense, and you can connect with us on there. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Give us a comment. Yes, and talking about hearing what you have to say, head on over to iTunes, leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy the show, don't leave us a review. We'd rather not know. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss and all that. Um, but honestly, if you leave us a review, it really does help to kind of boost the profile of the show and spread the word, which is ultimately all we ask of you guys for the value we provide for free, by the way. So if you want to tune in again next week, we'll be back at 9am on Friday. GMT. And yeah, we'll see you soon. See you next week. Toodles.